Do you want financial freedom from your everyday nine to five? Do you want to learn how to flip, rent, sell, and market homes in your area? Let the tricksters of the real estate market help you. They always have another trick up their sleeve when it comes to getting deep. Your host, Tim Melton and Travis Mercer. All right, good morning. Tim and Travis here for talk number seven. Uh, it's been a while since we've been together, but uh, we've got a lot to talk to you about today. I uh, want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We're coming up on Christmas. December is tis the season, so hope all you guys have a happy holiday season. And let's just jump right into it and get caught up with Talk 7. Travis, how you been doing? Good. We've got, uh, I think, three projects uh, completed since the last time we met up. So excited to talk about those today. And we've got a big one in the works that we're going to hold off and hopefully talk about uh, that uh, in an upcoming episode that I'm very, very excited about. It's coming together really well. Um, so we brought a couple other uh, folks with us today that I think we should go ahead and kind of let them speak for themselves. Brian Zeiss has recently started uh, helping us and working with us and is kind of interested in getting into um, kind of the real estate investment full time and what all that entails. And we wanted to kind of have him give some of his background and what interested, uh, brought him and got him interested in real estate. Uh, I've done some minor stuff in the past, but I want to let him speak on the matter. Sure. Thanks, Travis. Good morning. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Just quick background on myself. Um, I have a degree in, uh, in finance and I've worked in financial services for 16 plus years now. Uh, the majority of that time was spent on Wall Street as a high yield bond salesman. Um, my real estate interest really peaked around uh, while I was in college. Um, maybe a little cliche, but reading the uh, reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad and and really soaking up the concept of purchasing assets um, that then drive cash flow uh, in order to fund your lifestyle rather than the other way around. So um, that concept re resonated with me. Um, worked with Travis, like he said, a few years back. My wife and I started a company and did a couple of small flips um, while I was still. Uh, working at the bank and then like you said I've decided to do this full-time and and really I see you know when I think about real estate versus other ways that we can invest our money um, the idea that you can have some effect on a property and improve that property and have control over how those improvements are done is certainly appealing to me versus you know in the equity or in the bond market where you're trusting you know, Wall Street analysts or some management team to kind of be good stewards of your capital. I just think there's there's more control if, uh, in the real estate side. And the, the other thing we kind of discussed about kind of hedging your downside on the contracts like that, some of the long-term ones, if we get out two months, our worst case is kind of the EMD where we can kind of cut that loose. The way that you kind of saw that from a Wall Street perspective was interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fundamental. Um, I mean, every investor from Ben Graham to Warren Buffett to, you know, George Soros of today or anything, anybody in between um, who's had a modicum of success on Wall Street will tell you that they are much more uh, focused on capping their downside than they are on how much they have the potential to make. So anybody that has any longevity in volatile markets, especially, you know, like we've seen the last couple of weeks, if anybody's paid attention to, uh, to what the Dow and the S&P have done, um, risk management becomes ultra important in times like this. And so the way that we've done that, or we discussed that we can do that throughout real estate, when we go to purchase property, uh, I think we just contract one uh, on Wakefield, um, we've got a tenant moving out and they're gonna be moving out, I think in mid-February. And so we went ahead and contracted on the property. We're risking our EMD, but here we are 
we have what deal we think is really, really solid. But if we get, you know, two and a half months out from now and we find out that the market has just completely tanked, our downside's capped at our earnest money deposit. And, you know, we can, we can walk away from that and say, okay, we've lost a, a relatively moderate amount uh, versus being forward to go through it. Or if you were to carry a, you know, any type of a um, equities market through that, you don't necessarily have that kind of a, a hedge in your downside, which is an awesome thing that Brian pointed out to me. So awesome. Thank you. So glad you're here. Um, and thanks. I'm super happy to have you on our team and, and working with you. Uh, you brought a lot to it. So, um, what have you been up to, Tim? So um, we've got a, we've got a uh, office full of people here today. Um, we've got um, Ala with us today, and Ala uh, is from Russia originally. She's um, had a had a great two year run here. She's from Myrtle Beach, so she wanted to sit in with us today and take a look at. Um, what we've been up to. Um, we've got Hannah here today, who is our trusty get it all done girl. She's my personal assistant. I couldn't live without her. She's uh, here, um, you know, making it all happen on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're just gonna do a little uh, recap from our last talk, which was talk six. We're now on talk seven. Our last talk, we were talking about being in the middle of a really big project that has since wrapped up. I finished my project up in the South Park part of Charlotte. The numbers, uh, roughly came in uh, acquisition at about 660,000. Uh, we did rehab of 275-ish, maybe 280,000, and ended up contracting without it ever going on the market uh, for 1.25. So that turned a really, really good profit. So in the past year, our two largest projects were an $880,000 sale and then a 1.25, which were both flips. I've uh, just picked up today's paper and learned that in the second quarter in our market, the gross flipping profits were 65,000. And Travis and I talked about that, that, you know, when you back out the costing on that, that's going to run you, uh, you're going to end up with about a 30, 20 to 25, maybe $30,000 profit. So, um, Profits on flips are cutting down just a little bit. But, but at the same time, make sure if you're relatively new to this and you're, you're, if you pick up your local paper and you say, oh my gosh, look, people are making $65,000 on flips. Realize that's not the case. Uh, they're getting that number HUD to HUD, meaning acquisition to sale price. They're not calculating for anything in the middle. No you know, general contracting work that was done. No electric bills were paid. No taxes were paid. No insurance was paid. So that's a very, very top line. So if you pick up a paper and read that number, uh, don't get overly excited. Although those are great numbers, even at, at the reduced and the actual the reality of what the profits and the potential are, it's still get very good. But um, if you're out there in the market already doing it, don't pick up that paper and get crazy discouraged and be like, oh my goodness, ours are we must be the worst out there because that's just a, that's a, that's a HUD to HUD number. No, so what we were doing is we were backing into the actual profit number. So on a deal like that where you're grossing 65,000 HUD to HUD, you're probably looking at anywhere from a 15 to $30,000 actual profit on a flip property. Uh, we've also been keeping a close eye on the economy. I'm getting real nervous. Uh, we've got a lot of property listed up right now. Uh, we're wholesaling some property because we want to have some dry gunpowder. The stock market, I'm sure, as all of you have watched recently, the past 60 days in the stock market's been going crazy. So uh, we're trying to get positioned that if there's a downturn, we've got our rentals in place and it's time to buy again if that happens. Travis, you got any opinions on that? Or Brian, do you have any opinions on that? I do. Um, I didn't know if we're going to cover that this episode, though, um, but I guess now is better than time than ever. 
Um, the, the rental properties last time in our market reduced about 30%, meaning that if your rental rates, if you're renting for about $1,000 a month, your rental uh, would go to about $700 a month is about what the market would bear. So traditional rentals are proverbial life rafts in this industry um, and in these you know, turbulent times. I would caution against really high rents and really low rents because if you're coming down 30% off of 500 rent, that tenant may be in a position that if they're that tight already, it's gonna get very difficult for that tenant to even maintain. Then you're looking to re-rent a place in a mark, downtrodden market. Um, also really high rents, if you're probably 2,500 and over, those are typically in people with more higher paying positions, which in downturn economies are, I don't want to use the word targeted, but um, you know, when the company looks at a balance sheet, you know, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Um, you know, Jim Cramer's clearly taught a lot of people that. So you want to make sure you're, if you're going to go that route, in my opinion, you want to be in the meat, uh, meat of that curve. I would probably want to look for somewhere between that 1250 to 1750 marker, um, somewhere where that, you know, the real median of your economy uh, can still afford. Um, so I think that, that that is a solid life raft. And then I guess if we want to discuss Airbnbs, I think that's an interesting time to discuss that as well. Yeah, one of the one of the things that we we were discussing, and one of the reasons we we're getting to this point is that we do feel like we may have a buying opportunity coming up. So in terms of completing some of the projects we're on and getting them retailed out and being in position to take advantage of possible downturns. Uh, we wanted to just comment a few on the on the projects that were wrapped up. The South Park project that I just spoke about, we're uh, completely out of that. Uh, we had another big land position that we talked about in one of our earlier talks where we went in and actually bought this property the second time. We've now closed out of that and the numbers on that were staggering. Uh, we are now in the process of fixing up some of our long-term rentals in areas that properties have gone up dramatically. We're liquidating those to put some cash on the sidelines. And that kind of fits all into the economic uh, thought that we may have a buying opportunity coming up shortly. So I was talking about the, our thoughts on the discussions we've had about the Airbnbs and what we thought, kind of where they, were, where they came out of and what we thought they may or may not do in the next uh, downtrodden cycle. Yeah, so the Airbnb and the, um, the short-term rental market, um, We've had alarming success with it. On average, I would say it's about triple revenue on the rental side. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, it's about about 2.75%, somewhere, yeah, we're real close to that is what we're seeing. Um, but just to reiterate the point I was kind of getting to is that the Airbnb industry as a whole was uh, really born out of the last recession. So we, or at least I am somewhat of the thought that it's likely that if and or when in the next recession comes, that they're probably going to do quite well. Uh, when people, when budgets get tighter, people are going to look for more cost-effective means to travel. And in the vast majority of cases, if you look at the cost of an Airbnb for the amount of bedrooms and bathrooms and kitchens that you get versus trying to stay in a hotel, you get a lot more for your money. So it somewhat remains to be seen as we weren't fully operating in that model in the last recession. And it didn't really actually even exist. So I'll, we'll be interested to see how it does in the next downturn. But from that point of view, in my perspective, I think that that's going to be a reasonable place um, to be positioned. 
um, for the next the next downturn. I, what were your thoughts on it? So what we're experiencing, and, and you're probably the same thing, we are looking at somewhere close to 60% occupancy, which is where we currently are in the Charlotte market, maybe a little bit higher in the Columbia market. But um, at 60% occupancy, of, of course, there's less wear and tear on our assets. Uh, and it's generating, you know, Travis has got the exact numbers, about 2.7 times actual rent. So it's going to be interesting to test that to see how those survive in a downturn. But I think Travis is exactly right. I think it's going to uh, actually pick up business because when economic times get tough, people try to find a more affordable way to travel with their families. And Airbnb has got to be one of the best ways to travel with your family that I've, that I've found. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Just the, the amount that you get for, for your dollar. I mean, you look at a hotel room for $175 a night or an Airbnb that you get for $175 a night. And usually $175 a night in this market, you're probably getting a, a really nice 3-2 or a 4-2.5 you know, or something like that. It depends if you're looking at a, you know, a professional uh, Airbnb or if you're looking at you know, a mom-and-pop type shop. So, um, but when you go and look what you get for $175 a night in this market in a hotel room, it's two queen beds and a you know a bathroom with you know very little to no kitchen type amenities or anything of the nature so it's certainly a lot more cost effective from from that perspective and with us five kids traveling i mean it, it is absolutely the best way to go just take my word on that one um, we, we would have to get three hotel rooms between the boys the girls shelby and i so you know, when we travel, we're, we're definitely looking at Airbnb for sure, or VRBO, you know, short-term rental market. A lot of people don't understand the short-term rental market. We'll, we'll elaborate a little bit more on that later, but um, we'll we're sold on. Um, so we're, in, in episode eight, we're going to kind of give more of the numbers and the details on our, our other flip projects we had going on. Um, we want to just kind of follow up and just reiterate. So we're kind of thinking of the downturn market. We're thinking rental properties. We're thinking Airbnbs, and we're thinking we probably need to start thinking about getting some cash on the sideline. Absolutely, try to try to lighten the load up on on holdings that uh, you know people are willing to pay you top dollar. My opinion was, if you're willing to pay me more than I would buy the same asset in today's market, I'm willing to take your money and I'll sit back and be patient and wait for a chance to redeploy that. That's kind of where I'm thinking. I mean, that's, that's right back to Warren Buffett, too, right? If we want to go back to the parallels with, with other markets in Wall Street, I mean, it's be greedy when, when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. And I think we've seen a lot of greed in a lot of different marketplaces um, and, and asset prices over you know, the last several years, really, since the recession with, with a few dips here and there. But um, it does feel to me with the volatility we've seen lately, the prospect of rising interest rates, tensions on a, on a geopolitical scale, um, it does feel like the time to be greedy might be coming to an end. Yeah. Um, and that, one other thing that, um, and we're definitely going to discover, discuss this in the next episode, um, wholesaling properties and the amount of reduction in risk uh, it brings to your balance sheet uh, in time and in capital. So um, get ready to go, guys. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm going to follow up with uh, episode eight and kind of show you what we're doing to do that. Yeah, so uh, everybody stay tuned. Um, you know, we're going to come back, talk again on talk eight. Um, but, you know, to wrap this uh, talk up, what we're thinking, um, 
If you've got assets that you can liquidate at prices that people are willing to pay you today that you wouldn't redeploy at the same prices, take the money off the table, sit back, chill out, relax, and look for the opportunity. And uh, we'll catch you up on the rest of our uh, happenings recently in Talk 8. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk soon.